0: Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. I want to speak to you today, and you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew thirteen forty-four. But I want to continue on a little bit on this theme of the secret place, how to live from the secret place. It's interesting that it, this whole topic came up after dinner. And um, I took the opportunity, to, we had three candles on the table, and I took the opportunity with my girls to do a, a live demonstration of how to live from the secret place. It was exciting. And, uh, and I thought to myself, this is a message that the whole body of Christ needs to hear, not just my two daughters. <laughs> and the challenge, I think, for most believers is, and I know it's a generalized statement and it's not to, to put people down, but most believers don't know how to live from the secret place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they reduce their relationship with Jesus to an experience of salvation and a good moral life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's far much more than that. And God wants us to encounter him in such a deep and profound way that our lives just come alive. Oh, right. yeah. Good. And this, before I get to the scripture, this is what was going on at the Mount Transfiguration, that they waited six days. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, three disciples, who are also a picture of the complete man or woman, spirit, soul, and body. And he's saying to the church, I want you to engage me in your spirit, soul, and body in such a way that every dimension of your life pulsates with the life of God. So he takes him up into the mountain and he unveils what it looks like to encounter God in the secret place. So much so that even his physical body was shining in the presence of God. Now that was only for 2,000 years ago. It's not relevant for today, is it? And I want to be part of a church community that engages God in such a profound way that even our physical bodies radiate with the presence of Jesus. I'm not interested in going to church where there's just people that play Christianity. I'm looking for hungry believers. I'm looking for people that are mystical in their approach to God, that want to encounter him in such a deep and profound way. I don't want to play church. In fact, if you're relying on what you know to transform your life, you'll never be transformed because it's what you don't know that's going to transform your life. If you're going to be renewed in your mind, it's going to take an encounter with God that's beyond your current level of understanding because what you believe now has got you into the place that you're in. You need a greater encounter, and so you're going to have to embrace things that you don't understand and that are outside your frame of reference for you to be transformed. Amen. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How many people want to know more about God? There's so much more to encounter. You're open to the things of the Spirit. So some people get all worked up, they're going to get deceived because so they, they want to function out of here. Those that function out of here are those that are most deceived. They're called Pharisees because they reduce the kingdom down to what they can understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say to you today, there's so much more to be found of God in the secret place. Yeah. And I want that. I want to cultivate in my life the secret place. Yeah. Encountering God, spirit, soul, and body. Yeah. Now, some of the stuff I'm going to teach, you've heard before, but yet I, I've got this conviction in my heart most of the body of Christ don't do this as a way of living. And so I'm not going to ask you today, but if I was to ask you, I would imagine that there are some that could truly say that in their Christian walk, it's, it's become boring, mundane, and monotonous. And they've reduced God to, to such a small dimension of their life and there's so much more to experiencing God. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. So I want you to burn with a hunger in your heart God wants to encounter you He's given me this message And I could feel his heart He desperately wants to encounter people At a deeper dimension Desperately wants to and, and the church has reduced him to such a small dimension He's saying I want to break into their world Spirit, soul and body So I say Lord I'm in boots and all Anyone else? I know I'm, I'm nearly 50, I turn 50 next month, but I, I think that I am hungrier for God now than I've ever been. I want you to catch something today that ignites a fire. We had um, catch the fire here a number of weeks ago, and uh, one of my old, old friends and heroes in the faith, Tim Hall, some of you may know him, he turned up to one of the meetings, and he was the man who when he preached lit a fire in my heart that's never gone out. I caught something from him and it burns with a holy rage. It's because I sat under his ministry and something was imparted. And I'm praying today that something fresh is imparted in your heart. Yes. Amen? Yes. So say, give me more, Lord. Give me more. Yeah. Have you got Matthew? Matthew 13:44 says, "The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure." I've seen that treasure in a vision, and it's so vast. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, hidden in a field. Who is that field? Well, the Bible says that you are the field. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. There's something that God wants you to discover that's inside of you, inside your spirit, in the secret place. And when you get into that secret place, you are going to discover hidden treasure. And it says, And a man found this treasure and covered it up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. There's a treasure in this secret place. I like treasure. There's a treasure in this secret place. I've been meditating on the scripture, Colossians 2.9, and I'm going to read it to you in a number of translations, but it refers to the treasure that's inside a person. It says, of this, it says of, in Colossians 2.9, For in Christ all the wealth of God's being has a living form, The complete Jewish Bible puts it this way, in Christ bodily lives the fullness of all that God is. The NIRV says God's whole nature is living in Christ in human form. ESV says for in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. The Orthodox Jewish Bible says because in Christ the whole of God finds a dwelling place For the Shekinah glory. How about that? For the first time ever, in a human body, the Godhead found a place to dwell. That's called treasure. I don't know if you've ever meditated on that, but the God that created the heavens and the earth, God Himself, the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost have all come. And, and, and made their dwelling place, their home, in a physical body, in your body. And they would come and reside within a human body. Yeah. Yeah. There's a treasure in this secret place. It's called the Godhead. And they've come and they've made their home inside you. That's why I tell you you're powerful people. Yeah that the godhead i know you go oh, the godhead the godhead would come and reside in a human body how can our human bodies contain the godhead no wonder jesus nearly exploded on the mountain because he was revealing to us what is inside us colossians 2:10 goes on to say and it's because of your union in christ that you too have been made full Because you're in Christ today, see, it says there was a man 2,000 years ago who walked this planet, and in Christ, in Jesus, all the Godhead dwelt. And because of that, because we are now united to him as believers, Paul is saying that that same reality of Jesus 2,000 years ago is your reality because he says, and we are made complete or filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Because the Godhead lives in us, there is a power at work that is greater than every rule and authority. That's why I tell you, you are incredibly powerful. And that's this treasure that we begin to discover in the secret place. It's for those who have eyes to see. That's why some believers, they have this hidden treasure And they're oblivious to it. It's covered over in a field. You've got to find it. You've got to go looking for it. You've got to dig it up. You've got to value it. It's in the field. It's in every field today. Every person today that's born again, you have the Trinity, the Godhead living in you in bodily form it is there. You get the fullness of God, because you are in Him. You are united to Jesus, and because of that, the Godhead lives in you, but you've got to discover it. Let's read that again. The kingdom of heaven, Matthew 13:44, is like a treasure. Hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. then in his joy he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. I look at this in two ways. It's a picture of Jesus. It says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which Jesus found and covered it up in us and prepared it for us. It was covered in him. And in his joy he went and he sold everything he gave his life so we could discover this hidden treasure. You see, if we really understand the cost of the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus coming in the form of man, we'll appreciate the cost And the reason behind that cost wasn't so that you could just be saved, as important as that is. But we will begin to understand that the sacrifice was so that we would discover this hidden treasure within us, that we would function at the highest level. That's why Jesus came. But we can read this another way. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And a man came and he found it and he covered it up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. I want you to note that anyone who discovers that there's treasure inside of you has the capacity to buy that field. You're hearing me talk about this secret place, and you're beginning to become aware that there's so much more, that there is a secret place where you can access the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in all their fullness, You've discovered there is a place inside me. And I want you to note that you have a capacity to buy that field and to gain that treasure. Everyone who discovers the treasure has the capacity to buy the field. The Bible says, if you ask, everyone who asks, most will receive. It says, everyone who asks, they shall what? Buy. He who seeks will... Buy. And he who knocks... Yeah. It's for everyone. Everyone has the capacity, when you discover this secret place, you have the capacity to buy the field and gain the prize. The question is, what does it cost? And here's the price. Everything you have. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. How much does it cost to find the secret place? Everything. 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 Some of you are thinking, oh. (laughs) But I want you to know something today. That's not what the scripture says. It says, well, that's not all it says. It says, who for the joy of finding that treasure. Sells all that he has. Anyone who discovers the true hidden treasure inside their hearts in the secret place will never talk about the cost of buying the treasure. If you love something enough, cost never comes into it. You find that pair of boots or dress or whatever it is that you've been waiting for so long the price doesn't come if you love it enough, if there's enough value in it, if you see the greatness, if you realize the investment. So you never lose when you give up all to find the secret place. The Bible says, those that seek first the kingdom. Those that seek the kingdom. What's the kingdom? The kingdom is within you. It's the secret place. Those that seek to discover God in the secret place, he says, everything shall be added to you. E.W. Kenyon, some may know him, he's like the, um, the early father of the faith in the 19th century who influenced Hagen and, and many other writers. E.W. Kenyon, when he was first starting out, he was a very ambitious man and he said to God, I don't want to give up everything to follow you because I've got high ambitions for my life. And God said to him so clearly, I've got greater ambitions for your life than you do. I want to make you a success, a success more than you want to be a success. And we think by giving up everything to find that secret place, that somehow the devil whispers that you will lose your life. All your ambitions, your desires, it will all be swallowed up in a selfish God. I know he says that to you because he says that to me. But the truth is that if we find The treasury in the secret place. Everything shall be added to us. But it will cost you everything. Matthew 13, verse 33. Jesus told them another parable. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid or mixed in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Many writers write about this parable. And because leaven had always in the Old Testament been a picture of sin, that they interpret this parable in the same light. But I don't believe that's what Jesus was saying because he said the kingdom of heaven is like. And leaven, yes, is a picture of sin, but it's also a picture of doctrine, teaching, or that which influences the way we think and behave. Jesus said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. And this story says that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and she's mixed it in three measures of flour until it says all of the flour was leavened. This woman is a picture, I believe, of the Holy Spirit. And he comes and he, as we enter that secret place, he begins to mix. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and the concepts of the kingdom deep within us. And do you know what begins to happen in that secret place? Things begin to rise up within us. Resurrection life comes. When leaven comes to the three measures of meal, the the body, the soul, the spirit, there's an expansion that begins to happen in our world. He mixes it up. He hides it within. And as we encounter the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in the secret place, we can't help but be transformed. He lifts us up. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Something begins to shift in our world. And if your life has become small and narrow and confined, you need to allow the Spirit of God to begin to usher you into that secret place where he begins to bring heaven's realities into your spirit, your soul, and your body. Amen? That's what Abraham did. Genesis 18. Three men come to him. We don't know who these three men but they're three heavenly men. And I believe they're a picture of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And they come to hope, to, to fellowship with Abraham. And what does Abraham do? He calls his wife Sarah to make a cake made out of three measures of flour. And he says, Come and eat. Let's come and, Father, Son, and Spirit, let's, let's come and fellowship with my spirit, my soul, and my body. And as that happens, the men begin to speak into the impossibilities that Abraham and Sarah faced. And I want you to know that as you fellowship spirit, soul, and body with Father, Son, and Spirit, there is something that shifts in your world. And every impossibility that you face, God will begin to speak into I love the secret place. So how do we access this secret place? Because it's not great talking about the secret place if we don't know how to. And I know many of you do. But like Peter, I will not be neglecting to remind you of the process of the secret place. Because I believe that this is the most essential thing for any believer to understand. Thank you, Jesus for my secret place with you, that in my in my inner world you have hidden treasure in my secret place for me to discover. And I thank you that there's a secret place. Because you said, Lord, that whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You said that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And that you light that secret place. It's a place of discovery, of encounter, of intimacy. It's the place where we come alive. And I pray as... I begin to talk about keys to unlock the secret place and, and, and abide in the secret place so that you'd begin to speak to your people in Jesus' name. Matthew 6 says three things Jesus says when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. He says, if you do these things in the secret place, I will reward you openly. If you want your outer world to change, then get with me in the secret place. He says, those who don't go to the secret place, they have their reward. What he's saying is, there's no shift in their outer world. But if you will come with me in the secret place, remember I've told you this before, one hour of the secret place or meditation is worth 100 hours of toil. It's not rocket science. God saying, well, when will they learn that everything on the outer is moved from the inner, from the secret place? If you're worn out, tired, discouraged, fruitless, miserable, all those things, it's because you've neglected the secret place. Because there's life in the secret place. There's direction, there's deliverance, there's everything that you need. When you pray, when you fast, when you give. These are invitations to come and encounter God, spirit, soul, and body. And the problem is that we reduce prayer to this monologue where we're telling God a lot of stuff and he's not talking back. And it ain't no fun talking to someone who doesn't speak back. You know, you've heard that saying if you've been married long enough. Well, I might as well be speaking to myself. Are you listening to me? Are you zoning out again, Andrew? Are you listening? I'm not saying that she would say that. I'm just giving it. Because I always listen. My sheep hear my voice. But it's not a lot of fun when you're talking and you're not getting a whole lot of response back. Or you feel like you're being ignored. And so... We reduce prayer and engage in the secret place. And Jesus saying is, when you pray, so you've got to learn to master the art of prayer to find the hidden treasure inside. There's no shortcut. There's no way around it. But it's not supposed to be hard. But most Christians don't know how to do it. So most Christians don't live in the secret place. So most Christians don't have the outer world changed. So, how do we do it? And I've taught about this many times, about the, the power of our imagination, and and that, you know, the story of some of you may not have heard it, so I'll just quickly go over it, that. Zacchaeus was a picture of this. He's a picture of a religious mindset of prayer and encountering God. He wants to see Jesus, but all these people are blocking his view. And many of you today, you want to encounter Jesus, you just don't know how to do it. And there are concepts and mindsets and religious forms that hinder us actually engaging God. So he goes up a sycamore tree and he gets a higher view. He begins to engage God. And what I've written about that in my first book was that imagination is something that is suppressed when you become an adult. We don't use it anymore because we put away childish things, and yet Jesus said we enter the kingdom as a child. That we engage our imagination. Jesus put it this way in one, sorry, John, in one John five twenty, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we would know Him who is true. Do you know that word? Understanding is imagination. Jesus has given us an, understand, an imagination so we might understand that Jesus is true. We encounter him through our imagination in our prayer life. It has to come alive in our prayer life to encounter the truth of who Jesus is. Or else you will stop praying. How do I know this? Because I stop praying unless you're very disciplined and religious. But you'll still be bored. You just won't tell anyone. And when our imagination is darkened and damaged, it becomes the crowd that blocks our view of Jesus. So we can use in our prayer life, so, and I've got these three candles and they remind me, and you may not use them, but you can use whatever you like, that there's this treasure in the secret place of my life, spirit, soul, and body, that God wants me to find and engage. In Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and as I engage him in my spirit, my soul, and my body, I begin to unlock hidden treasures in my world waiting to be discovered. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 1 verse 17, that God has given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And he prays that the eyes of our understanding or dianoia, imagination, would be enlightened. The eyes of our imagination to be enlightened that word enlightened is for tizo, which means heavenly snapshots that as we engage in our spirit to his spirit and we use our imagination all of a sudden my pictures using my imagination are taken over by a prophetic spirit, the Holy Spirit and he begins to show me pictures of heaven, the eyes of my imagination take heavenly uh, uh, photos and I'll give you an example I was often God speaks to me as I am waking so I pray in the spirit I ask God as I go to bed speak to me in the in the night seasons speaking to my spirit so sometimes we are sowing through the days we pray in our heavenly language remember I said to you that we need to pray in the spirit as much as we pray speak in English because we speak in english we we speak at a limited mindset, a natural point of view, we need to communicate, but in the spirit as we pray, we begin to engage in it at a deeper level and unlock treasures. It's a secret place, so you might do that during the day, and then as I'm sleeping, often when I'm waking up, it's my i'm half asleep, half awake, and my imagination is heightened at that. is anyone else like that you you're awake sort of but You're not awake, but your imagination is flying. What excited me was that I was hooking into the mind of God through my imagination. And all of a sudden, God began to overlay that. That's the power of prayer. Engaging our imagination in holy worship and we we surrender our mind to Him and we begin to engage Him at a deep level. It's very powerful, isn't it? You may know the story and I'll just keep an eye on the time in two kings four verse eight where the prophet comes elisha to the Shunammite woman and she builds him a house or a room and see that's the important thing is that if you want God to connect with you and and speak to you and, and and engage him in a deep level you've got to build a room for him you've got to and so what does that look like imagination what do you mean when you say that well you know do whatever you need to do with candles whatever but Offer your spirit to the Lord and begin to picture Jesus. And I write about that in my book and give some very detailed ways of engaging the imagination. In the Gospel According to Noah, there's a whole chapter on how we kickstart a rusty imagination. Yeah. And there's ways to do that. And, and the church has stepped away from that because we thought it was new age. But my friend, that's what Isaac did in the field. He, he, the Bible says he meditated in the field. What's that? He was using his imagination. As he did that, it clicked over and he began to see the reality of God coming towards him. we building a room. So we build a room for him. So I lay on my bed, I sit in my chair, and I begin to picture Jesus. And However you want to do it, but I begin to communicate with him and let him speak back and let him drift over my mind, waiting for him to speak. And I engage my imagination. Often Many times God is speaking to you through your imagination and you're shutting it down as just, just silly little talk. But it's God communicating to you and we're engaging in a deep level. So she builds this room. He says, what do you want? What do you want in return? She says, I want a boy. Many of you know this story. She gets a boy. The boy grows up, goes out in the field. He's trying to bring in the harvest with his father. The enemy comes and attacks his head. The son comes and attacks his head. He has like some sort of stroke. The father says, bring the boy back to the mother. They bring the boy back, lay it on the mother's lap, and he dies. And it's a picture of the church that we're entering into the harvest time and the enemy's attacking our head. He's, he's, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And the enemy's threatened because if you start engaging at a spirit level to spirit, start engaging at an imagination level, uh, engaging all the senses of the spirit, He's, he will be finished. His harvest is lost. So he wants to shut that down and relegate your spiritual life to some boring, mundane, Lord bless the missionaries. Yeah. I know I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for the missionaries, but you understand I'm saying we, we narrow it down to such a pitiful communication where we have an invitation to walk into the secret place and discover all of God. Well, I've tried that. It didn't work. Well, that's what... I read before, a man finds a field. Inside the field is a treasure, and he sells everything. 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 So you have got to work at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to value it. Yeah. You've got to say, Holy Spirit, I'm I'm at level one o one. I have no idea what I'm doing. This is what I'm, I'm I'm stuck. My imagination's, but actually, it's not dead. It's just used in the wrong way because, remember, worry is imagination in the negative because many of you use imagination every day, thinking about all the bad things that are going to happen in the world. You've just got to learn to act, to use it in the things of the spirit and it won't take long. So the, his head is attacked and, and it, they make the mistake of bringing the boy and putting it on the mother's lap and the mother represents natural, the natural. It goes back to thinking natural again. Well, I tried that encountering God thing and it didn't work. So I'll just go back to living under my own strength, my own ideas. When she should have, the father should have taken the boy back and put him in the room of the prophet. Because that's where it was born. See, you were born again through an encounter with God. Did you hear me? You didn't figure out God with your head because you're too stupid. And I'm too stupid in the flesh, to understand God. We have no comprehension. It was a miracle. All of a sudden, our eyes were opened by the Spirit, and we realized we needed a Savior. As you first met Jesus or encountered Jesus, so walk in Him. It was a walk of faith of the Spirit. We are men and women of the Spirit. He was birthed in the Spirit, and now He's trying to be healed in the flesh. He's trying to progress with natural reasoning. Quit. Give up. Don't try. It doesn't work. You will die. Puts back in the room of the prophet. And what happens? The prophet comes and lies on top of him. He comes alive, warm, and all of a sudden he sneezes seven times. I think that's really interesting because Isaiah 11 verse 1 says that the Spirit of the Lord comes in seven different ways. And so when I'm praying and I'm focusing on God filling my spirit, because the spirit, my spirit, is where all the flow of God comes first. It doesn't come through my soul or my body, it comes through my spirit. Are you understanding this? You got born again because God spoke to your spirit. And so when I am communicating, so there's a process. I ask God to come into my spirit in fellowship with my spirit. Now Isaiah 11 says there's the seven spirits of God, the spirit of God, which represents its picture of God, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of understanding, which was on Daniel where he understood dreams and visions and deep things of God. So I begin to pray, God, By your spirit, let the spirit of understanding come alive within me. Flow through my spirit so I engage it. I picture the spirit of God filling my spirit with understanding. I welcome that. I call that. I nurture that. Sit in it. Then I ask for the spirit of wisdom which was upon Joseph so he knew how to take the things of God and administer them. I need to know how to administer your knowledge that you've given me, the spirit of counsel that comes alongside me. See, the Holy Spirit knows the plan of my life. He's like my coach. He knows the purposes of God. So Holy Spirit, come as the spirit of counsel and teach me the steps. You know, many people are looking for coaches and they're all good and that, but the Holy Spirit is the greatest coach. He knows the steps. The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. What should I do? How should I do it? What is the timing? Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of counsel. So we invite the Holy Spirit to come. Use your imagination. Ask him to come in. Engage him with your senses. This will turn a boring prayer life into something real and tangible. The spirit of might comes. And that's the spirit of power. I feel the energy of God the dunamis power of the Spirit in my spirit. Spirit of the knowledge of God. And then the Spirit of God begins to show me everything about who He is. The nature of God. The goodness we sang about, the good, good Father. All right, Holy Spirit, come into my spirit and begin to settle in the knowledge of God. Show me what you're like. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And that's what the church needs as well. All right, Lord, come into my spirit and show me what it means to fear and to reverence you. You're not just like God, my friend, you know, hop in the back of the truck, God. He is Lord God Almighty. Give me, see, when you get the spirit of the knowledge of God, the spirit of the fear of the Lord comes alongside. The more you know God, the more you fear him. So these, the spirit, and I don't want to complicate it. You can just say, welcome, Holy Spirit. But you can also say, I invite the seven spiritual aspects of God to come and to fill my spirit, fill it. This is stepping into the secret place. And there, all the treasures of God begin to surface. And they may not come right there and then, but even like me, asleep at night, waking up, what's that about? That's the spirit of understanding and counsel He's beginning to show me things about my life. That will happen to you, guaranteed. When you ask, sorry, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. I won't take as long on the other two, but then I pray for my soul, my mind, my will and emotions, how I choose, how I think, and how I feel. I invite all the Spirit of God that's in my spirit then to come flooding down into my soul, my mind, my will, and emotions. And Lord, would you begin to heal that area and that area, make that area strong uh, cause that area to be more like you and, and, and what, is, what does Jesus say when you give because a healed soul, the sign of a healed soul is it always will give out to other people not take yeah, that's the sign of wholeness, we give encouragement, money whatever it is, there's a flow of life that comes out of a healed soul a fasted lifestyle so my kids we got to that stage and it's like do we, do we have to fast food Yeah, it's it's related to food. What about TV or something? No, no, it's food. I know you've heard people say you can fast. Something. No, it's actually food. So it's actually because it's the strongest appetite in the flesh. And what you're doing, the Bible. Jesus said that my disciples won't fast till I leave, and when I leave, they will fast. It's the bridegroom fast. And what fasting does is because Jesus was no longer walking with them, there was a sense of separation physically from Jesus. And as we fast, it renews an awareness of God's presence in our life. But the other thing it does, it turns us upside down where we become spirit-led, soul and body, not body, soul and spirit. And these are all keys to the secret place we have to function in the whole three it seemed like it was legalistic and to those who didn't understand why he did it it was because if you don't do something led by the spirit it's legalism but he did it because he understood the power of the secret place and to do that there are things there there's a cost involved in suppressing the flesh because the flesh without coming under the covering of God will always sabotage sabotage the treasures that's inside you always and we are coming to a place of maturity in Christ where we walk from the secret place and function from that secret place I didn't tell you this but the three measures of flour made a lot of lobes I wrote down something like 850 Pieces of bread 50 something loaves it made And it tells me this That as I develop the secret place It's not just for my appetite Or my sustenance But it's going to feed my family My workplace My street My church My neighbourhood My city That's what Jesus was saying If you discover the secret place There's going to be such an overflow in your life And I can go and tell you, you need to evangelize more. You need to be praying for the sick and doing all these things. But my friend, that all comes out of the secret place. When the Holy Spirit begins to mix in your spirit, soul, and body, there will be a rising within you, and there will be a multiplication where it will begin to feed everyone around you. It's all found in the secret place. So I want to encourage you this week to cultivate your version of, Of the secret place. Don't complicate it. Don't make it difficult. But ask God to teach you, how do I engage spirit, soul, and body? How do I bring those three so, Lord, I'm like you on that mountain? Because you know what the option is? The option is that you're like those disciples down in the valley. And the man brings his son who's demonized and sick. And he needs a miracle, but the disciples can't cast it out. Because they don't know what the secret place is about. And there's a whole lot of powerlessness in all of our lives that needs to be broken and it's found in the secret place. There's stuff that you're battling with in relationships and and this and that and I'm giving you the answer. It's in the secret place. It's in the secret place. Oh, I need counselling. Well, you probably do, but it's still in the secret place. Because what you need is a change on the inside. You need an inside job found in the secret place. There's great power. And Jesus would not be moved away from every day aligning himself in the secret place with the heart of the Father. And Father is really pleased when you bear much fruit. This is not going to be you becoming a hermit. This is going to be you becoming incredibly productive, but it all comes out of the secret place. Have you got a secret place? Have you discovered it? Have you found treasure in it? I know that God's calling people. I can feel it. And it's not hard. Please don't leave today thinking, oh, I don't know if it's for me. If you have a field, you have a treasure. If you've been born again, if the Spirit of God is in you, you have a secret place. Whoever is joining to the Lord is one spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. You have a secret place. It's there. And God's wooing you. He's calling you. And when you discover that, no cost will be too great. Mm. So maybe you'd like to put your hand on your secret place, on your heart. Mm. So Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you would teach every believer here today how to connect with you at a deep level in the secret place. You don't want to make it difficult. You've never been like that. You said, everyone who asks shall receive, and everyone who seeks will find. And everyone that knocks and says, Lord, I want to encounter you in a deeper way, they shall have the door open to the secret place. And we'll encounter you, and we'll walk in and out with you. There will be such a dimension. And even as it's said of you in Scripture, Lord, in you dwelt the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form in us today dwells within us, the fullness of the Godhead. And as we enter into that secret place with you, you begin to unveil that to us, what that means, the treasures that are hidden within us, the wisdom, the life, the joy, the peace, the power, the success that we need, the favor that we need, everything. And, Lord, I just thank you today that you are drawing people into that secret place and i bind every distraction i bind every lie of the devil that would that would hinder your people being wooed into that place and i release the holy ghost to begin to woo people in fresh ways in strong ways calling spirit to spirit your word says deep calls to deep deep calls to deep deep calls to deep and i pray that as your people, Lord, go throughout this week, there will be a deep calling. There will be a yearning in their spirit to encounter you. And I pray over this church that there would be an out. Break of Holy Spirit encounters, Lord, not just on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, that we will be people deep of the Spirit that have found that secret place, that know how to function in the realm of the Spirit with signs and wonders and miracles. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that that secret place is an invitation for all of us to come. Come and drink deeply of you to encounter you in the fullness of your power and your love and your grace. And we are not satisfied, Lord, with a religious experience. Lord, we're not satisfied, Lord, with a a natural point of view. But we want to encounter you, Lord, the vastness of the treasures that you have for us. So I'm praying, Lord, encounter Every single person here today, light a fire. Let that candle, Lord, become a raging fire inside them. May they, Lord, know how to encounter you in a deep level. We've become so attuned to the natural point of view, so attuned to the flesh, so attuned to the commotion, the noises around us, Lord. We're saying now, Lord, that we are men and women of the Spirit, You said to set our minds on things above, to set our minds on things of the Spirit, so we tune in to the secret place. And in that, Lord, you are raising up Daniels and Esthers, Lord, and Jeremiah's, Lord, you're raising them up, men and women of the Holy Ghost, full of fire and power. And I've seen them being raised up in this house, Lord, being sent here and there, full of the glory of God. God, with revelation and understanding, Lord, because they've encountered you. They've got assignments from the secret place, and you're sending them to the north, the east, the west, and the south, because they have heard you speak. Lord, they've heard you call them in that secret place, and they've come out from that place empowered by the Spirit. So, Father, we we build a room for you. We build a room in our life and we say, you are welcome. We want to encounter you in that place every day. We want to come into that place. We want to close the door and we say, here I am, Lord. Speak, speak to me. Show me things to come. Hold me tight. Pour out your love in my heart saturate me with your life and your goodness. I don't want to leave this room until I know that I know that I have everything that I need for this day. And all through the day, you said I can come and go, come and go. Like you said, my sheep hear my voice. They will enter in and go out and enter in and go out. We can commune with you day after day. So I thank you. You are doing that, Lord. And Lord, I just want to say, that there's not one person here today, not one, that doesn't have a holy invitation. You said everyone, everyone without exception who asks shall receive. Everyone, everyone. It doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. It doesn't matter how many times you've failed. It doesn't matter about all the hang-ups and the stuff. He calls you by name says, I want to encounter you. And you go, but, but, but. And God says, leave the buts behind. I'm calling you. Come, come, come into that secret place. Come, come, come into the secret place. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. And so we say, yes, Jesus. We say, yes. With all our hearts, with all that we know how to say, in all our frailty, we, we still say yes. Yes to you, Lord. Yes to your secret place. Teach us how to cultivate it, to build it, Lord. That will be the greatest treasure in our life is you in our secret place. So fill us, Lord, Spirit. Fill our spirits so it may, we may be able to contain and receive everything that you are. Fill our souls our minds, the mind of Christ, our will and our emotions. Fill our soul. Transform our personality. and Touch our bodies now, Lord, every cell, every fiber, every bone, every muscle, every organ. Let it pulsate with the life of God. We shall not grow weary as we age in natural years, but you shall renew our strength like you did to Moses. Lord, we may be old in age, but our strength will not abate. We will be filled with the Holy Ghost. It will pulsate through us, Lord. We shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover because you are consuming a spirit, soul, and body. Holy Spirit, mix in the kingdom into spirit, soul, and body. Cause it to rise, expand us, expand us now in the name of Jesus. We receive you now, Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Tell him that now. We receive you, Lord, into every area of our life. You're invited. Possess us, possess us, fill us, consume us, every part of our being. Fill my body, fill my soul, fill my spirit. You are welcome. You said that you would sanctify spirit, soul, and body and preserve us blameless at your coming. Thank you, Lord. Possess us. Possess us, Lord. May we be possessed by you this day. For you are life to all those that find you. Mm. So thank you, Lord, for this secret place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's covered to the natural eye, but so plain for those that have eyes that see.